We now welcome on a singer-songwriter in Nashville. It is Ruthie Collins. How are you doing today? I'm so good. How are you guys? Doing well. Great. Can't complain. We actually just uh, hopped off a plane. We're in Denver right now. So. Wow. How is flying? Wasn't too bad. It's, it's a little bit unique now, but uh, wearing the mask and all. I will say the Denver airport was very crowded. Really? Yeah. Like Nashville was fine, but Denver was a little scary. Such a huge airport and like such a hub. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we were walking through. We we're just like, man, this feels like a, like an old school mall <laughs> with like just an airport attached to it. It's just like so weird, but yeah, uh, but hopefully all, all went well. Fingers yeah. crossed. I guess we'll, we'll know in about a week or so, but I think <laughs> we'll be all right. Sure you'll be fine. Yeah. We took precautions. So we'll be all right. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll just start with what you came out with last is your album, Cold Comfort, which was a great album. Um, Would love to hear you talk just a little bit more about the album as a whole. Sure. Yeah. So Cold Comfort came out in April. Um, so obviously a strange time to release new music. Um, and a lot of people had asked me, did you get, did you consider pushing the date back? But we were so far down the road, you know, we, we couldn't turn back even if we wanted to, which I'm really thankful for because I feel like this was a really good record to come out at a time when people were suddenly feeling all their emotions. So in a way yeah. it kind of makes sense, but um, Cold Comfort is a record that I made. I co- co-produced it with my friend Wes Harley, who's been my guitar player um, and band leader for years. And basically I had just kind of gotten stuck in the wheel of being a female country singer. And the luxury that I had in that, um, once I reframed it to be a good thing, was that no one was paying attention at me, attention to me at the label for long enough that I could sneak into the studio and make a record with Without asking permission or involving anyone in what songs or what players or what the production should be or even what genre um, I was going for. So that ended up being a great thing and was really scary. But ultimately, I got to record the songs that I felt like mattered to me in my heart. And I wasn't concerned with whether country radio would like them or whether my label would like them. It was just like, these are the songs I need to sing for me. I think these are the songs that people need to serve them. And I'm just going to go for it. And I'm not going to be scared. And um, so it was a really crazy ride. Um, and then ultimately, the label got on board and um, loved it and have been amazing. So it was a great exercise in kind of listening to your heart and telling your head to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you were kind of ahead of that with just releasing what you want, because I feel like now during this time, everybody's kind of just throwing out like something that they're passionate about or just like something that's been said no to in the past and they're just like well screw it i'm just doing it now so you're kind of ahead of the game wow thanks Thanks. (laughs) i'm happy that everyone is just if if people are embracing their authentic selves i'm happy no matter why it's happened it's a good thing yeah i would agree with that i mean that's we've had a few folks on now especially with all this stuff that's going on and you talk to these different artists and songwriters and there's like i can kind of fully focus on or express myself in my particular songs as opposed to like what was being pushed on me. Uh, so it's almost like a redefinition of like who you are as like an artist, I guess, in some ways. 
taking the definitions away. Like maybe we're getting some of these barriers taken away and we can just not be so defined by different labels or different genres or genders. My God, if I can tell you the amount of times I've been asked to play a song or play a show because, you know, they're doing female night and it was just like... Can we stop talking about whether we're girls or boys or, you know, music is music. country or not country enough and just like just give the good music a chance, you know? Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, too. It's like, let's just redefine overall what the music industry is. Like, we got so kind of buried in what it like should be. Like, you have to go through a record label, you had to do this. And now you like seeing a lot more like independent artists coming out and things of that nature, which I think overall for like music fans, we enjoy that authenticity of the music that's being produced as opposed to just perhaps just like red solo cup by uh, Toby Keith that came out where it's just like, you knew that he was just doing that to, to do it. Right. So obviously that's an extreme example and I have nothing against him. I actually love his music, but it's just kind of interesting to to see how very smart guy though, isn't he? He's a very very smart guy. What is he? One of those, uh, what do you call it? Is it like a Sensa? What are those super geniuses called? There's, they're like, they make up like 0.02% of the world and they're like, their IQs are like way off the charts. And Toby Keith is one of them. Really? Yeah, I didn't so, know that. That's yeah. insane. No, so it's interesting. You know, he's uh, there's always something going on there. And I'm sure that Red Solo Cup was calculated as well. But oh, 100%. You know, the thing about an example like that, though, is that I always say in the same breath as like being like, be authentic. There's a community that wants to be served with music about drinking and partying. And that's it. And if you need to listen to a song on Friday night because you just got off of work and you got some money in your pocket and you want to just let loose and have fun. That's great. That's also great. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that every Everyone has to like put out this like dark, sad, emotionally, you know, sometimes I just need to listen to some guilty pleasure pop music and that's some of my favorite music too. But right. it's like, let's, let's not pretend that that's all, which I think is what country music has been doing for the last, you right. know, 10-ish years is just serving that one tiny little community. <laughs> and then everyone else is like, I used to love country music. And, and if I could tell you how many times I have a show where people come to the meet and greet and say, I hate country, but I love you. It's like, then you don't hate country. You yeah. just have what you can serve. It's like they just gave everyone a Big Mac for the last 10 years. And it's like people are like, I love a Big Mac. And the other people are like, I mean, I guess I would kind of rather have a fish fillet, but no, thanks. Yeah. No. Yeah. You don't like, you know, fast food. That's a terrible example, but you know what I'm talking about. I get you. Um, I think it's all in to that point too. I think with your music as well as it is a little bit more if like the, the standard bluegrass modern, it has like a little bit of ties of everything, which is kind of uniquely aligned to like you. And I feel like there's a lot of other artists who are kind of exploring that path too, as well. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about like how you got into that kind of field and like bringing like that type of country music overall into the scene. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you're not just, uh, I don't even know how old you are. You're not like just a white guy in your twenties. That's not who you are. You know what I mean? You're someone who's had these experiences and you like pizza and you might like baseball and you have a dog and you have a parents or whatever it is, you know, your story or complex being made up of all these things. So to just expect us to be one tiny little box is pretty limiting and it's certainly hard to make art in a tiny little box. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of a you know just a mixture of all the things that I've been inspired by which um just isn't your normal story I basically grew up 
with not a great music history education, if I can, you know, blame my parents for that. I love them dearly, but my mom only played classical and then I would hear what we were singing in church or my dad played like a little bit of James Taylor and that's kind of it. So my, my musical education was whatever was on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with country music in middle school um, because I had a friend whose parents were listening to country music. And if, if not for that, I don't know how long it would have been before I found country music. Um, Cause I kind of grew up in a, in a generation that was like, I like everything but country, you know? <laughs> but then once I was exposed to it, I was like, this is amazing. These, the songwriting and the stories, like this is what I love. Um, and then when I went to college for music, I kind of, I did it a little backwards, right? Then I kind of went back and started to learn about who would influence the people that I was listening to on the radio. And that's kind of how I got back to these singer songwriters and Patty Griffin and Emily Harris and, you know, the Eagles and Joni Mitchell. Um, so I kind of had a weird way of going about, um, becoming this, but, you know, I mean, I released a dance track to a Hank Williams song, like in 2015, I don't even know what I was doing. But it was just like, <laughs> I like Avicii and yeah. I really love Hank Williams. So it was like, why do I, you know, so it's just kind of always been like, a, how do I um, bring all these things that I love together? And I'm not going to lie to you at that time. I, I have spent a lot of time trying to think about what was going to work in the mm. past. So, you know, there was a lot of me being like, well, I'm really rootsy and I'm really, I love bluegrass music, but I still want to market this to country radio. So it was like right. a mix of that, you know, whereas now yeah. I'm just like, I want to make beautiful music music that touches people and let's go to the studio and see how it feels, you know, Mm -hmm. and see what we can come up with and less of the, you know, how is this going to bring success that will ultimately make me happy? Because what I learned was that's all bullshit and you got to be happy now because no amount of sex is ever, you know, success is ever going to give you something that you can't give yourself right now in this very moment. So once I kind of figured that out, it was like, y'all go play your game. I love you so much. I wish you all the success in the world. And I'm sure we'll see each other at all the parties, but like, I'm just going to focus on how I can serve my community and be happy. And, um, and I'm really lucky because ultimately that's brought me more success, which is what they say always happens. Um, and I may have gone into this whole spiritual journey for that reason, you know, but it has, you know, once you get on that path, you're like, Oh no, I'm like really joyful today. And that's enough. And now I just want to like help people and give them an outlet to feel their emotions through the gift that I've been given, which is music, you know? So what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how did, so your parents grew up listening to music or you grew up listening to your parents' music. How did you like get into like, you know, playing the guitar and like actually like writing music? So my mom was a church organist and um, choir director, not super religious, but you know, I was, that was kind of the only outlet for music as a kid. And Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, just like high school choir or musical stuff like that. So I knew that I had like a, a, a small innate amount of talent. I'm, I'm not trying to be like digging here, but I was adequately okay at singing, but I yeah. love, 
I loved it. And I wasn't good at anything else in my mind. So that was like, well, I like this. And people say I'm kind of good at it. So I guess I'll follow this path. And I'd always written poetry as a kid. You know, I was Mm -hmm. always doing that, like journaling, diary, poetry stuff. So songwriting was probably a a natural progression. My mom's a musician and my father's a writer. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I went to college, um, there was a songwriting program. And I just thought that sounded cool, you know, and I was kind of dabbling in songwriting a little bit and learned to play guitar a little bit. And I had some basic understanding of piano because I'd grown up taking piano lessons, but also it wasn't until college till I went like, oh, well, I can play all these classical songs, but this is a chord, you know, and if I put <laughs> this chord after it, then, I, oh, wow, now I'm writing, you know, something new. Right. So, um, yeah, college is kind wow. of when that all came out for me, but I still wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get a record deal and be a country singer on the radio. It was like, that wasn't, it didn't feel like an option to me. Being from Western New York, people just, that's not something you do. It's not like if yeah. you're born in Franklin, Tennessee, they're like, great, go get some guitar lessons. We'll hook you up with a songwriting coach, you know, good to go. Yeah. Um, it was like that, that happens to other people. I'm not good enough for that. Um, but maybe I could write some songs. I don't know. And I just kind of kept moving to the place where the people were, you know, going to school for it, moving to Nashville. And um, honestly, it's just like, I kind of, I attribute any success I've had to just the amount of hours I've put into it because I wasn't the singer I am today, 10 years ago, no way. Um, and that, that I only share because I really, I have so many people who come up to me and they're like, I want to sing, but I can't sing. And I'm like everyone can sing I might have been born with this much tiny little bit more footing in the race than you but I transformed my voice literally just because I love to sing and I would sit in my bedroom and write songs and I wasn't very good but it's a muscle and if you go to the gym every day you get bigger muscles and I think if you just write songs or sing because you want to you're developing this muscle and then I think when inspiration strikes or when like the flow hits you and you're in that mode you're prepared and then you can make something amazing so I just always share that because I really believe that anyone could do anything I'm not going to be a brain surgeon but you know (laughs) anyone can do anything they set their mind to if you just commit to and put the hours in right Mm -hmm. awesome you know great news <laughs> it is and it, I, I wish like more people were able to have that type of mindset because I think we'd be in a little bit different yeah. place but overall I mean like you look at just like I mean your music I, the one song I wanted to bring up outside of the, the, a couple of them actually but the one in particular uh, that kind of opened me up to you is the Joshua Tree um, I actually watched the show The Ranch I watch it all the time and I, I love yeah. that show and I heard that song come on and I was like oh that's a really unique voice and that's an awesome like song and then I looked it up and I was like oh okay that makes sense I always love to hear how people have found out about my music that's amazing also the dog wedged in you guys so much joy I keep almost losing track of what I'm saying so I'm like what a little papa I know he's like trying to like put his head like on his on our laps and little eyes are so sweet okay but yeah that's amazing that was really cool I had two songs featured on the ranch this year and that was really that's really so cool. cool yeah what so what was that experience so did they or how did that all work did they like contact you and just say like hey we want to feature your song like on our show and, and like did you have to like 
approve like where it was at or how does that work? No, I had no control over where it was or any of that <laughs> stuff. And I think it was just like my people reached out and were like, they, yeah, they want they to put you on the contract. And I was like, yay. Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That show is awesome. Cause I think it, it has so many like old school, like Patsy Cline. It has like a lot of like different artists, like both new and old, which is really cool. Yeah. Thomas Rhett's like on at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. They so. did a really good job with their music for yeah. sure. That's, I, I think that's what, <laughs> that's what got me into the show in the I first place. That. I like saw it and I was like, man, that's awesome. And then you like hear all these different music and songs and stuff like that. So it's really cool to like hear new artists and new music that way too. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, the other song I wanted to talk, talk to you about was uh, Dang Dallas. Uh, wow. Interesting. I, I just want to hear your take before I, I say anything else. Um, well, do you want to hear like what the song's about? Yeah, what, yeah. what it's about, like writing about it and kind of just like the, the overall feel for it. Yeah, so Dang Dallas was a song I wrote by myself a couple summers ago. Uh, two summers ago. Wow. Um, and I had this situation with this person that I had known for years that I loved so much just as a as a man, as a person, as a human, also romantically a little bit. But um, he was giving up on music mm. and he was throwing in the towel in Nashville and moving home. And it broke my heart because I just I saw him as this person who was so close, you know, so close to having everything he wanted if you know and he just uh, had an opportunity and he took it and ultimately he ended up coming back um but i felt so much regret in that situation and it, it almost like amplified it all because it was like this here's this person that like i had had in my life but i had never been brave enough to actually t tell him that i had feelings for him yeah. and i felt like okay this is it I've lost my chance. And I think maybe in my mind, I always thought one day we'll get our shot. Mm -hmm. You know, cause it was always like we were in different relationships and we were such good friends that no one wanted to like mess it up. And I think I was like, Oh my God, I've missed it. I missed it by not speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. And also now he's giving up on his dreams. This is the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened. So it was just like, um, you know, and he was moving to Texas. So the title made sense, but yeah. yeah um, it was just kind of just a super sad moment of regret where I was like, this could have been something if I had just been brave enough to speak up and why didn't I do that? And it was a great lesson for me to learn about, you know, like maybe someone will fault you for being too honest in a moment, but you'll always look back and know that you did everything you could in that moment to, you know, give them like your heart and share right. your heart with them, whether it's romantically or just like as an authentic person. And I just really regretted that. And it was a good <laughs> lesson to learn. And um, that's, that's where I got Dang Dallas from. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. So what I was going to say was very like how it's very retainable or kind of um, relatable, excuse me, uh, is what I was trying to uh, allude to is in terms of like how we as fans like listen to these songs, like that's how I positioned it or pictured it. It was like living life with like no regrets, just putting it all out there and like doing everything you can to, to put them uh, yep. put your, your thoughts first, as opposed to perhaps maybe what could have just been now could be in reality. And, and how many things do we hold back from because we're scared in yeah. life? Oh my gosh. And what is fear, right? It's like the absence of joy yeah. or, or comfort, I guess. And it's like, 
oh great so you're scared for like 30 seconds and then what's the worst that can happen you're humiliated like feel it accept it move on and you're better every time you're better you know and like I just that's something I've really been working on is just not like embracing it and surrendering to the fear I even like I went snorkeling a couple years ago and I knew I was going to be so scared I'm like terrified of the water but I love it at the same time so it's this weird thing I don't really like to be out on the water so much I can't see the bottom but I love being on the water at the same time and so we were out on a boat in Mexico and all my friends were going snorkeling and it was like way out in the ocean like all the stuff is out there and they had those little things you the mask you put on with like the the little things you hold and you press a button it makes you go quick you know so it was like all the cool toys and I knew I was scared because I had done it before but I was like you're doing this and I went in the water and I started having a panic attack so I got out and they were like what'd you think and I was like oh terrible I hated it and then I like went to go back in and they're like what are you doing and I was like I have to do it one more time like <laughs> now that I know I'm really scared I just have to do it one more time just so I know I did because Tony Robbins says the joy's on the other side of fear and they're like you're crazy and I was like gotta go you know and I hated it again but I'm like I did it I know I can do it and I'm not gonna die and yeah. we let so much stuff just we we miss out on opportunities on the reg because we're yeah. scared and and it's it's a good thing we have these emotions for a reason but they're not as you know we're not we don't have to live in survival mode anymore you know it's yeah. 2020 i mean well, maybe 2021 it's not Shoot like there's they're chasing us in the woods that we're having to you know we have these things in our in us that are literally survival methods from thousands mm-hmm. of years ago and it's like you don't have to be scared like you don't have to live your life in fear like our genetics tell us that we have to be you know right. so, mm-hmm. i don't know i could i could go on and <laughs> Uh, I wanted to jump ship a little bit and talk about the live shows that you've been doing. Great metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I wanted to talk about the live streams that you've been doing. Uh, I saw a couple of the postings for them. I think you you did Christmas in July with Nikita. Yes. Who we've had on before. She's great. Amazing. Um, And then you have a couple more uh, coming up. Tell us a little bit about those because you do them. Like from your Airstream. And so I just wanted to hear more about that from your side. Yeah. So when COVID hit and um, all, obviously all my dates got canceled. And since I was releasing a record, all my promo, in-person promo got canceled. I was supposed to go to the UK. That all, like many times that all got canceled. So, um, you know, and as we all saw, everyone and their mom started going live. (laughs) Um, And I was like, okay, well, how am I going to compete? Because basically the first time I went live, I had so many people on. And then the next time I went live, I had less people on. And then, you know, and I was like, okay, everyone's on. I looked, you get on Instagram and there's like 50 people on your stories that are live at any given moment. Yeah. So I was like, all right, um, what do we do? We create better content. How do I do that? I got to like dive in and learn this technology and figure out a way that I can stand out in this super saturated market. So I learned OBS, which is open broadcasting software. And so now I've been doing these live shows every week that have pre-recorded videos that no, you'll never see anywhere else. Like I might put in a vi- one of the videos on Instagram every once in a while, but you can have like theme changes. And I, I also play live, but there's also videos put in there that I've just created for this show. Um, every week is a theme to encourage repeat listeners or customers. Um, and we limit tickets. So it's a super intimate experience because there's a chat going the whole time. So I'm interacting with everyone. We're selling meet and greet 
free tickets where you get a Zoom and an encore performance afterwards. And it's been awesome because not only are these people not being able to go see live music, which is their passion, my passion is playing live music and connecting with people, people, person to person, face to face after the show. I'm a big people person and I miss mean greets, you know? I love hearing these people's stories. I love interacting with them. I think just as much as they, you know, I get just as much as it from, as the fans do, a hundred percent, a million percent. So it's been so nice to add some of these extra things in there because it's like playing just to a screen, there's no energy exchange. So it can be exhausting, as you guys know. Um, And there's just no, there's nothing, no give and take. So it's been really great because it's like upping the interaction level i'm actually getting to know my fans better than ever Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm just like thankful like really 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 i I say it with that face because it's like hard to say or you're thankful about such a terrible infectious disease that's demolishing people's livelihoods and also killing people um Mm -hmm. but i'm very thankful for this time and this new technology that i've learned and i'm thankful for the chance to get even closer to these people who support who are literally supporting me you know like they're now paying my groceries and keeping me off unemployment because i can't do what i normally do to make money so it's it's amazing um and it's created an even even deeper connection with these fans that i've known for years and some new people now too and um I'm just so thankful that I took the time to go a little deeper and figure out some different platforms and ways that we can connect even more um, because it's been absolutely life-changing. So yeah, every Monday night I do live stream. This Monday is Future Cuts, which is all unreleased material. Last week I did Love from Laurel Canyon, which is all 70s kind of folk rock music that um, was from the Laurel Canyon, California era. Um, but I've done Disney night. Um, I've done movie soundtracks and, you know, nineties and Nikita and I are about to do one, um, for folklore for Taylor Swift's new record. You know, (laughs) I'm learning so many songs, my, um, what do you call it? All the songs, you know, library (laughs) it's just like your repertoire yeah it's like i know so many songs now that i can pick out of a hat and it's been so fun i'm creating new content um and it's keeping me busy you know it's giving (laughs) me a purpose and also um helping me like still somehow manage to show up for this community Um, and all the tickets are pay what you can you know so it's it's just been great um but yeah i can't i can't say it enough and if there's any musicians out there who need help getting set up online please dm me on instagram at ruthie collins music um i owe everything to a friend of mine at Derek webb who didn't even know me but were uh, managed by the same person and i got in there and i was just like i'm so overwhelmed by this technology and he was just you know he zoomed me like three or four times and shared with me everything he knows and if it wasn't for that i would not be living <laughs> right now i would like not be making any money or you know be where i am and so he I, I, when i asked him like how can I repay you? He was like, share it. Like, tell people. There's so right. many artists out there who have no livelihood right now. And it's like, there's ways to do this. You know, there's ways to stay connected with your fans, continue to keep releasing music, keep them, give them something. There's, cause it's like I said, a lot of these people are just depressed because they have given their lives every weekend to seeing as many shows as they can. I've got fans that see 300 shows a year, every year for the last 10 years. And yeah. they're sitting at home with nothing to do and they've lost their outlet. Uh, yeah. too. No, so there is a way to stay connected in this time. And if anybody needs any help, I am so happy to help um, because it's been transformative for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, even just from like our fans perspective, like 
we, I think we, Troy and I speaking, like we and our friends like see like the effects now from like the, the artist side of it. But we were always just like, well, dang, we're not gonna be able to go to live shows. Like that sucks. But then you think about it from like your guys' side of the fence and it's just like, that's what you, that's what your talent, it's like your job. Like you want to do that. We want it so bad. Yeah. And also devastating because we have people that have relied on us for years. Right. So it's not just like, it's not just my electricity bill. It's my guitar player and my electric, right. you know, my bass player, my drummer and my manager and her interns. And like, it's yeah. just, you know, my business manager and like, it's, it's everybody. So yeah, hopefully we can get back out there soon soon but no it's great that you can pivot and find ways to be creative in this time that I I do think that you can come out of this better than you went in and that's what you know I encourage people to do yeah and I think and I think we're seeing that a lot too with all like the new music that's coming out it's like you're you're being more creative I guess because you almost have to be um in this time so it's it's really cool at least from our, our side too it's like we get so much more out of you guys and then next year fingers crossed is going to be a kick butt year, kick ass year, I'll say it for country music and uh, live shows. And I mean, we'll probably be right in that. We'd probably in like the 200 range for concerts, maybe not the 300, but maybe next year, you never know. Maybe we'll get to the 300 range because we're missing it. Oh, so much. What is on that note? What is the probably like maybe top three songs you cannot wait to play, especially after your new album, like four fans live for the first time. Joshua Tree, for sure. That song has always been so special to me. Um, So I'd say Joshua Tree. Beg, Steel, Borrow is a really meaningful one to me off that record. And um, probably Dane Dallas. Yeah. There we go. Love it. (laughs) That's awesome. No, we can't wait. Uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed, this is all behind us soon and we can uh, get back to our our livelihoods on all end of it. So uh, yep. can't wait to, to hear you live. Thank you. Yes. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, yeah. Definitely go check out her new album and previous music too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you can find me at Ruthie Collins music on Instagram and um, just go to the link in my bio and there's, you know, find out any information you want from there. And I would love to connect with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Go check it out and listen to some of those live streams on Mondays. <laughs> Good. Yes. All right. Thank you so Thanks, much, Ruthie. Ruthie. Hey guys. Nice to talk to you. All right. And that was an awesome interview with Ruthie. We really appreciate her coming on and, you know, talking about her last album and just learned a lot of great things about her and uh, very excited for her and to see where she goes from here. Cause I definitely think her music is very, very good. And her last album was, is very good. Yeah. But she just has also like a unique take on it. I think like thinking outside the box, if you will, when it comes to, Country music is always interesting, and especially now more than ever with all that's going on, it's like trying to be more creative. Um, but it, she's also just sticking to like who she is and like her music, and, and I obviously respect the hell out of that. So that's really cool to see. And um, like you said, really pumped for the uh, more new music to continue to come out on her end. Yeah, and the live streams that she does are really cool too. Yeah. Like I think that's very like creative too. You know, make a theme about it and yeah, stuff because like. I mean, a lot of the live shows have gotten pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that's pretty cool. Um, probably even tune into when she does the T-Swift folk chord night. <laughs> yeah, with Nikita. Yeah, that'd um, be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And I think it's just, like you said, it's a unique way of doing live streams to, like, give 
fans and people who want music and crave music the ability to still listen in on it, but also at the same time giving it like, I think she said like a Disney night. Mm-hmm. That's really cool to like do something like that where it's not just country music. It's a little bit more unique um, to that. So yeah, like I said, props to her and um, all artists out there that are getting creative with it because we definitely appreciate it. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, speaking of creative and new music, uh, Luke Bryan dropped his album finally. <laughs> it was pushed back for, I think, a month or so. I think it was supposed to come out in July. I think it was originally supposed to come out in April. Well, for the tour. Um, before his tour this year, right? Yeah. And, and then it got pushed to July and then it got pushed back to August 7th. But mm-hmm. regardless, it's here. <laughs> um, we it, th- So a few songs came out before. I think it was like Knockin' Boots, One Margarita... Um, build me a daddy. I think yeah it came out mm-hmm. for like father around Father's Day time. Um, but regardless, it, a lot of good songs that are on there. I think it's ten songs in total. Um, I think the one that I liked the most uh, that was like of like the newer ones that dropped was um, for a boat. I thought was really good. But also the one that I think I like the best right now is where where are we going? Um, I thought that was a really good song by him. Uh, it kind of gave me a little bit of his old flair, but with a lot of his new. And uh, this, this was actually co-written by uh, Brent Cobb, who we've talked about before um, with Neil Medley and, and a couple other singers and songwriters that we've had on. Uh, Brent is really talented, so congrats to him on getting a uh, LB cut. Um, but yeah, I really like that one. What was your uh, favorite song, at least right now? Um, I like Down to One. I thought that was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was solid. I mean, it's like one of those where it's just like we were waiting so long for this to come out. It was just great to finally be able to listen to it and uh, look everything. It, it, there's like a few artists out there that like no matter what they produce, it's usually there. There's just gonna be solid songs in there regardless. Like one margarita, I thought was just an un, like a great summer jam song, especially with everything that's going on. But it was kind of poor timing with that music video that came out, which made it seem like. Everyone's like back and like partying and stuff like that. But regardless, um, Luke is just unreal. And I, we saw that he was on Barstool Sports the other day uh, doing um, part of my take. And I uh, thought that was an interesting interview too because he's just so knowledgeable about country music overall. And, I mean, it would be, be a goal of ours to get him on at some point. That would be awesome. Uh, a few other ones that I wanted to, to shed some light on. Uh, Darius Rucker came out with one called Beers and Sunshine. Um, I don't think it get much, gets, gets much better than that. Um, I think Darius is probably one of my favorite artists. I know he's one of Troy's favorites as well. Uh, we were supposed to be watching him this year at uh, Winnie City Smokeout, but luckily he's going to be able to be back next year. So looking forward to seeing him again live and hopefully sooner than that too. But um, that song was really good. And uh, I, th- I think it's just, we were talking about this last week, I think with, with some of the songs that he's been a part of, but I mean, like he had... Josh Osborne on here, JT Harding, uh, Darius himself, as well as Ross Copperman. And many people probably already know who Ross is and just extremely talented crew that he had included in that song. Uh, my guy, Eric Pasley came out with a new one. I, I'm a big fan of Eric. Uh, I think he's, uh, unreal. I think his voice is so unique. It kind of sounds a little bit Eric Churchy, but, uh, a little bit, obviously not all the way there, but I think it still gives you a little bit different, um, listening than perhaps like listening to like a Thomas Rhett song or something like that. Um, so I, I think Eric's really good and uh, his song Nice Guy just dropped and I thought that was a, 
uh, an awesome one. It was co-written with him and Craig Wiseman. Um, so if you haven't checked out Eric Pasley yet, definitely do it and you will um, be politely thrilled. Um, a few other ones I wanted to, to touch on here. Uh, Keith Urban came out with another song called Change Your Mind. Um, I think it's very timely for everything that's going on right now. Uh, I had a chance to listen to it. I thought it was a good one. Um, it was uh, co-written by Francisca Hall and Matthew Bear. Uh, again, two extremely talented songwriters. I, I think the cool thing about Keith is he produces a lot of or helps co-produce a lot of his work, which I know he has like a lot of passion for. And I think during these live streams, he showed his studio. And I was like, man, that looks like it's like down down Nashville or wherever it may be. And it's like, no, that's in his basement or whatever. It's just unbelievable. Um, and then the last one I wanted to, to touch on uh, was another guy that I've been listening to for a while now, Jared Neiman uh, with Tequila Kisses. Uh, I thought that was a really good song. Uh, and it's very reminiscent for this past weekend that we just had in Denver where we consumed quite a bit of tequila. So I think it uh, resonated pretty well. And th the cool thing about Jared, too, I know he's pretty good buddies with Lee Bryce. Uh, so they co-wrote this one with John Stone. Um, so really good song. And whenever you put Lee Bryce and uh, Jared Neiman together, they usually produce some good things, uh, whether it's Lee cutting it or, or Jared or other artists. So uh, congrats to them. Any other songs you wanted to touch on, Troy? Yeah. Um, just one in particular that I really liked was from Emily Hackett. She came out with a new song called Rachel. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really good tune. You should definitely check it out. 100%. Yeah, Emily's awesome. She's actually uh, the uh, wife of Mikey Reeves, who we've had on, uh, I think, what was that our third episode? Uh, fifth. I fifth. Think. Time's flying. Um, but extremely talented, and there are, she's so awesome. So, yeah, definitely check her out if you haven't already. Um, last one, when we, <laughs> it, it, this is just an interesting one. And I, I just don't even know how to uh, describe it, but uh, we were listening to the new music that came out, and next thing I knew, a little meowing came on the uh, song, and it was uh, Old Dominion did um, a meow mix to one of their songs, and I was just like, what is going on with this? So talking about artists being creative, um, they, they put a spin on make it sweet and, uh, it was interesting. Wasn't, I don't know, I don't know if I'll, uh, add it to a playlist, but, uh, it was, uh, shows a little bit more creativity that we're trying to get into right now, but old dominion is always awesome. So kudos to them for stepping out of the box a little bit. Yeah. But we uh, appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you next week. Absolutely. Take care guys. No. I just want you